Good evening, uh, and Merry Christmas to you all. It's, uh, it's really good to see you all here. Uh, kind of a damp night, so I'm, uh, I'm glad to see uh, so many of you joining us. My name is Ron Clifton. I'm one of the early elders here at Potomac Hills, and on behalf, on behalf of the leadership, uh, let me welcome you to our Christmas Eve service. Um, and welcome to those online as well. A um, couple of announcements, and then we'll uh, jump right in. Um, we are still going to dismiss at the end uh, by sections, like we have been for a long time now. Um, so that's going to be the same. And as we go through the service, we have a number of readings, a number of songs. So every time you hear the music, Stand up and we'll uh, sing together. So, it's on. Uh, with that, let's get started. Is it working? Can you hear? I can right, hear it. So, it's the very first quiet. reading is our call to worship. Okay. And the call to worship is from First Timothy and from Indeed, we confess is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us draw confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Please join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, this evening. And we thank you for this place that we can come and celebrate the birth of your son. Um, Lord, we know that uh, all good things that we have come from your hand, and Tonight we celebrate the best of them all, the, the gift of your Son, uh, for without him um, we would have no hope. So we thank you for, uh, for him. We pray your blessing upon our service tonight. Uh, may your spirit lead and guide us uh, that we may worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen.
The reading today is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way when his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Jesus, to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be a child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, just being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which the Holy Spirit, she will bear son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will change people from their sins. I was to change the developing line and stuck in the carpet. Behold, the wizards that can see their very friends, they shall call his name Emmanuel. This means God with us. Joseph was first defeated at the angel of the God to marry him. He took his wife and moved her hand and told him that he was with them. And he called his name 
said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Please stand and join us in our fourth carol. lesson comes also from Luke. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph 
and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Merry Christmas Eve. It's good to see you all here on uh, this night. We had no idea how many people were coming out and welcome to everyone online. We're glad you're here. For those of you who have been here on a Christmas Eve before, um, you're going to hear something that you have heard before. This will be the 21st time that I have shared this story at Potomac Hills. So, Let's get to it. On Christmas morning, Jenny awoke to the smell of fresh homemade bread. For a moment, she did not know where she was. Her parents had to make an emergency visit to see her great aunt. So Jenny was spending Christmas morning with her best friend, Betsy McLean, and her family. And Jenny looked over and saw Betsy was still fast asleep on the other bed. Wake up, Betsy, it's Christmas, and something smells really good. They threw on their robes and ran downstairs. The rest of the McLeans, Betsy's parents, older brothers, younger sisters, and her grandpa Gil were already in the kitchen eating the fresh, hot Christmas bread. When the bread had all been eaten, Grandpa stood up and said a prayer, thanking God for this special day. And he concluded by saying, rejoice and be glad. The Son of God became a man, so men could become sons of God. And everyone said, Amen. And Jenny opened her eyes, but then quickly bowed her head again. All of the McLeans still had their heads lowered. Betsy grabbed Jenny's hand and gently pulled her over to join in the chain they were forming. Grandpa was in the front, weaving them through the kitchen and then into the living room. He stopped in front of the fireplace where the stockings were hanging. And when Jenny saw her stocking, she was a little disappointed. It didn't seem to be very full. Her disappointment grew as she reached her hand deeper and deeper into the stocking. Finally, down in the toe, she felt something, something hard and oily, a lump of coal. Her eyes began to well up with tears and her face got hot. Jenny had never gotten coal in her stocking before. How dare they give me coal, she cried on the inside. How mean. And then her mind flashed to the temper tantrum she threw the day before when her parents told her that they would have to be gone on Christmas morning. And a tear splashed onto her cheek as she remembered how nasty she had been to them. She knew they didn't want to go off and leave her, but her great aunt needed them. Maybe my parents left this for me because it's what I deserve, she thought. Only then did Jenny's eyes dart to Betsy's hands. She had coal too. 
Amazed, Jenny looked around and realized everyone had gotten coal, even Grandpa Gill. Jenny knew she deserved it, but Grandpa? Why did he get coal? He was wonderful. We'll just pause there for a moment. Everybody loved him. Jenny noticed that Grandpa's head was bowed as if he were ashamed. Then she saw that everyone had their heads down and their eyes closed. Jenny realized they must be praying, but praying about what? The coal? And then Grandpa spoke. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out our transgressions. Wash away all our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we know our transgressions and our sin is always before us. Against you and you only have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are provoked rightly when you speak and justified when you judge. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And after a brief silence, the McLeans responded in unison, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And for all your mercies, especially for the birth, death, and resurrection of your Son, we thank you, O God. And they all opened their eyes and cheered Merry Christmas. Jenny listened spellbound. She wished she knew the words. They were beautiful. The little ones broke the silence and dashed into the living room where a star-topped Christmas tree stood over a mound of brightly wrapped presents. And Betsy put her arm around Jenny and steered her over to a pile of presents. Here, Jenny, your parents left these for you. Jenny should have been ecstatic as she opened them. They contained everything she asked for, even the antique doll with a porcelain face that her mother said was far too expensive. But tears welled up in her eyes. All she could think about was the coal and how selfish and mean she had been to her parents. Grandpa Gill was sitting on the couch enjoying the flurry of activity and Jenny carried her doll over to show him. It's beautiful, Jenny, but what's wrong? You look so sad. I just don't understand, Grandpa Gill. What don't you understand, Jenny? The coal? And Jenny nodded. Well, Grandpa said, I, I wondered if maybe I should tell you about our family tradition, but I decided that you're a smart girl who would try to understand. I don't feel very smart, Jenny replied. I feel awful. You know, it would have been fair if my parents had left me just that, a lump of coal, instead of all these nice presents, but they didn't. Of course they didn't, Grandpa reassured her. They love you. Besides, that's what Christmas is all about. We don't get what we deserve. We get grace, a gift of love. But what about you, Grandpa? Why did you get cold too? You don't deserve it. You're so kind to everyone, and you never do anything wrong. Come now, Jenny, Grandpa laughed. Wait, you make me sound as if I'm in heaven already. Please, let me live a little longer. Of course, I got cold. I deserve it every bit as much as you. 
And the reason we have those stockings is to remind us of what we all really deserve. Coal, not nice presents. But why do we get the presents then, Jenny asked. Well, if you remember, we don't get the presents and the coal at the same time. And we don't say, sure, I deserve coal, but I think I'll go get my presents now. We get the coal and then we pray. And we admit to God that we know we should get coal. And we tell him some of the things that we've done to deserve it. And after we confess our sin, we ask him to forgive us and to help us not to sin anymore. And we thank him for sending Jesus into the world on Christmas Day. And we thank him for loving us so much that he came to earth in order to die for us so that we wouldn't get what we deserve. Jenny thought for a few minutes and, and then she said, I know that I deserve coal from my parents today, but I never thought about what I deserve from God. Grandpa, would you write down for me that prayer that you all said? I'd like to remember it. And Grandpa smiled. Do you have a Bible, Jenny? Sure. You mean that was from the Bible? It sounded like you were just talking to God. Well, we were just talking to God, Jenny. But someone said it to God first, and God made sure it got written down so other people could say it too. And just then Betsy came running over. Go ahead, Jenny. Grandpa said, later I'll show you where that prayer is. And Betsy admired Jenny's new doll and showed Jenny her new sled. And they decided to go sledding that afternoon, and then Jenny remembered. I can't go this afternoon. We're having Christmas at my house when my parents get back. And she thought for a moment, and she asked, Betsy, do you think I could take my piece of coal home with me? Sure, Betsy said, I guess, if you want. But why? Well, what I thought was the worst Christmas present that I had ever gotten has made this a great Christmas. And I can't wait to tell my parents all about it because that is the spirit of Christmas presents. Merry Christmas and amen. Thank you. 
And so from Luke. At the end of the eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present to him, him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. We've come now to our time to celebrate together the Lord's Supper on this most special evening. You will need one of the pre-filled communion cups that are on the table in the back. And later on, you'll also need a candle. And those are on the table out in the lobby. So uh, while I read the next two uh, sections, it would be a good time to uh, go get those things if you need them. Our call to come to the Lord's table comes to us this evening from Isaiah chapter 9. We'll read this together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace,